love those moments. Love these moments. Amen. Amen. You got to value these moments. Value every expression that God wants to do in your life. You know, a lot of times people really just come to church on a exercise of being educated. They want a lecturer, give some topics. They can write some of those things down if they're actually taking notes and then go on. And most say, well, okay, I'll live good. And a lot of times people can live good independent of the Holy Ghost, at least good in their thinking. But we need to live by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. Amen? In every aspect of our life and in every demonstration. Because there's a lot of demonstrations of the Spirit of God that we just don't always tap into. And we need to tap into it. Amen? Hallelujah. Have you been enjoying our Sunday? Have you been enjoying the greater ones? Well, tonight's message is designed so that I can set you up for Sunday. So you're at an advantage because you came to church tonight. Amen? You came to church tonight. Now, we have decided that we are going to film our fourth Wednesdays every month because I know somewhere along the line, I'm going to say something on a Sunday, and I'm going to say that's just for home. I'm not going to release that. And so we want to be able to plug in at different teachings that we uh, would do at other times when that event happens. And so we plan to do our fourth Wednesday nights and film those. And then whenever that occasion comes, we can plug it in. Or if like on Mother's Day, uh, we won't actually video that service. It's for you moms right here. It's in-house. And we're not putting that out on a video side. So we'll actually insert one of our Wednesday night services at that point in time, okay? And so those are some things, you know, because you need to be here. Our videos are not a substitute for you to say, oh, now I can stay home and wait till they release them. Amen. Now, if you're in a place that you're not hearing the word that we're preaching today, then let us help encourage and strengthen you, right? Um, But if you're not, then you need to get involved in the local body church. All right. Tonight, I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 1. Tonight, let's look at Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 17. When spoken, believe. When spoken, believe. Are you with me tonight? We're going to talk about some kingdom faith. Faith is very important for us to uh, always uh, keep ourselves in a position that we're understanding what faith is because there's a requirement. There's a requirement when it comes to faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 17, I love this. It says, for for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. So the minute you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you repented of your sin and you became a new child in Christ Jesus, Faith does not stop with you. It's time to go to the next faith project, the next faith assignment, the next thing that you're going to believe for without seeing but see it manifest. When you were born again, you were not there when Jesus died on the cross. You were not there when Jesus went to the grave. You were not there when he conquered death, hell, and the grave and took the keys of death. You were not there when he stripped the devil of his powers and he he disarmed him and he made an open spectacle of him. You were not there when the Holy Spirit went down on the third day and raised him up from the dead. You were not there when he took his blood and poured it out on the mercy seat in heaven. But you believe. And by faith, When you heard that Jesus is the only way to the Father, there is no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And for you to have a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth, for you to be right with God, in right standing with God, you must repent of your sin, your disobedience to God, and acknowledge that Jesus was the lamb that was slain, the sacrifice for your wrongdoing, and you believe that he died on the cross, you believe that he rose from the dead with the power of the Holy Ghost, you confessed with your mouth, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Now that was faith that caused, when you made that confession of faith, 
what you did not see or what you had not been a part of, all of a sudden, a reality came inside you because the minute you confessed Jesus with Lord and you believed those things in your heart, the Bible says you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old spirit that was dead, separated from God, left you and you didn't see him go. You didn't see him. Well, who's leaving my body? That's the old me. No, you didn't see that. But all of a sudden, the new you showed up. I said the new you showed up on the inside. Your spirit, man, became alive to God. You became a new creature, not a remodeled one, a brand new species of being. Then the Bible says the Holy Spirit came and bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God and you never seen him enter. You didn't see him. Oh, there, there's a dove coming. It looks like a, the Holy Ghost. He's, he's, oh, I see him coming. He's inside me now. No, you didn't see that. I, I, I'm being dramatic, but I'm being dramatic for a reason. Because faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith is believing something unseen as if it actually exists. And all of us, it's just the foundation that the majority of Christians, well, all Christians that are Christians, will believe that truth that it was by faith that they received salvation to be born again. But the scripture tells us in Romans 1, 17, that we go from faith to faith. Now, 1 John chapter 5, tells, verse 13 says this, says that, who, uh, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, right? Um, uh, uh, let me just read it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, it just slips my memory right now. Um, this is the confidence that we have, but that's the, first, that's the next one. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 13 says this. Uh, These things have I written to you, to you who believe in the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Now, you talk to a person that has accepted Jesus as their Lord. They know that they're born again, and everyone says, I know I'm going to heaven when I die. I know I'll be present with the Lord. They don't believe they'll be present. They know it. They're like, God's in me. Amen. Well, how do you know? I know. Well, how do you know? I can't see. He's in me. I know. You know. You go from this, I want to be right with God, to I'm right with God. Come on. How many of you remember the day you got born again? You were like, the weight of shame, guilt, all those things came off. You're like, man, I'm different. I know I'm different. Now, you couldn't explain it, but you know that you know I am right with God. Hallelujah. So faith goes from faith not experiencing to once you experience, now it's no longer faith you have. See, Abraham was in faith to believe God for a child. But once Isaac came, he was no longer in faith for Isaac. But was that the last faith assignment he did? No, the same boy he got in faith with when the Lord said, take him up to the mountain and kill him. Right? Now, if you read Hebrews, you'll see that Abraham was believing God or in faith that God must be able to raise the dead. Because in his mind and in his, uh, in, in his inner man, he was thinking to himself, how could God, who's been telling me all these years, I would have a covenant child, he would come specifically from Sarah when he showed up that I, my descendants would come through him, and now he's asking me to end his life and sacrifice him to him. This doesn't make sense because God's word always came to pass. See, the reason Sarah could bear a child is because she looked back on the faithfulness of God, show, seeing that every time God said something, it happened. So he was, had concluded, there's no way that God's changed his mind. So I have to conclude then, even though I will kill him, God must be able to raise the dead. So he went from faith to believe that he would actually be able to conceive a son through Sarah to faith that God would raise him. Now, the good news is God didn't require him to actually kill him, right? But he was believing God nonetheless. I said he was believing God nonetheless. So let's put that back up. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Woo! It says this, it is revealed, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. Look at this. But the righteous man shall live by faith. 
live by faith. So we should always be in a position where we're seeking God saying, what's the next faith thing you need me to believe for that does not currently exist in the natural, but I will believe you at your word to see it come to pass. Many have stopped at salvation. And the only other faith they have, really, is that I'm going to go to heaven. But it's really not faith. You know you're right with God. Now, heaven, obviously, is a place that you've not been and hadn't seen. So I understand there's a level of faith there. But we are to live by it. We don't live that live uh, an existence following God just to wait to leave. Right. Living by faith is not, I'm living by faith that when I die, I go to heaven. And that's the only faith thing you do. Because if you read the Bible, that is not what the majority, all of those used of God were believing, just sitting around waiting. Was Abraham believing for a city, uh, uh, another country? You bet. He was looking for the restoration of what God originally intended when he created heaven. But he was in faith places on multiple occasions, which means he walked into occasions that naturally looked like it could not take the take place, but he stood on God's word. And so we need to be people that if we are righteous and we are children of God, then we have to acknowledge, okay, Lord, I'm going to have to live a life of faith. That means that you're going to put me in places that naturally speaking is going to look like it's not going to come to pass, but I'm just going to believe your word and make and cause my faith will bring it to pass. I said, my faith will bring it to pass. Now, again, people say, well, you're not doing it. God's doing it. You do it because Jesus told the woman with the issue of blood, daughter, your faith. He didn't say it's me. He said, it's your faith. If you would not have believed and came here and touched my hymn, then you would have gotten nothing, even though I am the healer. OK, your faith does pull things from God, his will to come to pass in your life, and you are to live by. Many actually abandon healing in general because, well, we're going to die anyway, so you know what? I guess you know, this is how God wants to take me out. We, we don't even ask, which a lot of times we're still fighting to live anyway because if we were convinced God wanted to take us out through sickness and disease, then don't ever go to the doctor. Don't accept the treatment. Don't take any medicine. Go ahead and die. Let it run its course. Since that's God's will anyway, why are you going against God's will? But the reality is we want to live. Why? Because purpose is in us compelling us to actually fulfill God's plan. So we need to say, okay, Lord. Now, you can say, how are you doing that? Well, we know he's already done it by stripes your heel. But that doesn't mean he won't use other things at times to be able to see the manifestation of that healing take place in your life. The bottom line is be healed. I said be healed. Let's be healed, okay? But that is a faith walk, which means your body will tell you you're not, and you say you are. Now, who's telling the truth, your body or your mouth? Well, God is not a man that he should lie. So if you say what God's saying, what God's saying is truth, and everything else has to change. Right? This is why Paul said, while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are, hallelujah, uh, temporary, the things that are unseen are eternal. Okay? All right. Let's see how far we can actually go tonight. Amen. Uh, I really need to finish, so we'll see what happens. Um, okay, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right? So how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Now, just because faith has shown up doesn't mean faith's working. The biggest misconception that's happening in places where the Bible is being taught that people assume that just because their ears are hearing the word, that faith is working for them. And that is not true because James tells us, he's very clear. James says, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So faith comes by hearing, but you must act. Okay, so I'll give you a case in point. Faith is God's word speaking to us. Where the word of the king is, there's power. So when Jesus said something, that is what it is. Because he's the king. He's the final say. He's the supreme in authority. All right? And that's what he wants. Now, we have to actually believe it and act on it. So I have told my children at times, take out the trash. Right? And one of my kids will walk over and say, Dad said take out the trash. 
Well, is it my will? You bet. Did they hear it? Yes. But I've gone an hour later and checked the trash to find that the trash is still there. Well, faith came into the room that they knew my will, take out the trash. But until somebody actually picks up the trash can, they're not actually acting on my word. So they heard my will, but unless they act on it, it won't come to pass. So faith comes by hearing. Faith is not accomplished by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. So this is why it's so important for you to be in the Word of God. You cannot be in, you can't be absent from the Word of God or absent from church or absent from the fivefold ministry to help equip you and say, I have faith in God. It's impossible. If you don't have the Word coming to you, you can't have faith because faith comes by hearing the Word. And if you're not hearing the Word, then you're not in faith. Well, I believe God. When's the last time you heard from Him? Well, I mean, I read the Bible. You're not in faith. You're not in faith. Faith comes by hearing. So you must be in a position to hear. And if you're not reading the Word, listening to the Word, keeping the Word in front of you, then faith can't even show up at your house. And you can tell everybody, well, I'm, I'm believing God. Okay, when's the last time you talked to Him? In prayer, and He gave you a Word, or you were reading the Word of God itself, and He spoke to you concerning some things. When was that? Well, I ain't done that. Then you're not in faith. Don't tell me I'm not in faith. According to Scripture, you are not in faith. So now, what, what are we saying? We're going back to James. James says that um, faith, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. So here's the thing, that if you're not even hearing, you're already in deception because faith's not there. But if you hear, faith is available, but if you don't act on it, then you can say you're in faith just because you heard faith, but that doesn't mean you're actually working faith. Okay? Faith requires action on our part. Now, the thing about faith is, is faith is something we are firmly persuaded exists, although it doesn't currently manifest. It's not actually there in the natural, so to speak. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Are you with me tonight? Yes. Hebrews 11, 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, meaning I heard God, so now I have a confident expectation that whatever God's Word says, that's it. And it exists even though I don't see it. And so because I'm confidently expecting that my king cannot lie, for he's not a man that he should lie, that when he says something to me, he's requiring me to do, act, or whatever that may be, to believe him at his word. Now that gives substance to the thing I don't see, which means it starts pulling what's in the unseen into the scene in my life. Yes. Amen. That if I do not grow weary... If I do not abandon my faith, if I do not shrink back into unbelief, it will come to pass. Amen. Period. Amen. Period. Period. It will come to pass. Let's look at this scripture and a couple other um, translations. Amplified says it this way. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the thing we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Uh, this other translation, the Weiss translation, says, Now faith is the title deed of things hoped for, the proof of things which are, which are not being seen. I've used this uh, example before. I had a friend of mine, a friend of mine by the name of uh, Eric. Um, he owned a vehicle when I lived in Oklahoma, and he was selling it. And so my wife and I, we went out of town, went, to went on vacation, and on the way back, you know, I'd been, you know, praying about that vehicle to get another one. We only had one vehicle. And so I was praying about it. And so, um, you know, um, um, we ended up, you know, putting in for a loan, and they came back and approved us, and so I realized I'm buying that vehicle. Now, for my wife and I, it's done. It, in, in fact, it's sold. But for my friend Eric, he was still in faith that it is sold. Now, he doesn't know that I'm buying it. He has no idea that it's already sold, literally in the natural, but he's believing and calling it that 
from where he is that that car is for sale. I call it sold. God's had got somebody to do it, and he, someone's going to buy it. So they, he began to call it something before he actually knew it, and I actually knew I was going to buy it before he knew I was going to buy it. So when I was coming home, I knew I wasn't in faith anymore. It's ours. And when I showed up to him and brought him money, I'm buying your car. Now it wasn't faith for him anymore because it changed title. It was already as good as title deed done because I'm purchasing it. I got it. Okay. And so you got to realize that when you're standing in faith, you are believing for something God's already signed over. Hallelujah. Okay. So for most, it's not believing God in his word that causes the greatest doubt in our mind, but it's believing God is using you to believe, act, and stand on that word. I mean, many of us say, yeah, that happened with David. But what if he says, now you go stand in front of the giant? <laughs> right? Wow, look how Jesus raised the dead. And what the Lord says, go over there and raise them up. Now, we believe God raises the dead. We believe God heals the sick. We believe God can uh, multiply the loaves and the fish. We believe that the apostles raised the dead, cast out devils. We believe these things. Yet our biggest problem is when the king says, Ernie, you do it. Amen. We have to say, if God said it about me, that's it. I have it. I believe it. And it's going to happen. Period. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Even if I don't feel it. Because again, don't argue with me. Argue with Jesus. I mean, again, if you look at me and say, you can't lay hands on the sick. Yes, I can. Now, I'm not the one healing them, but I am the one putting the hands on. Because I'm co-laboring with Christ. But I'll believe that when I lay hands, power will leave me and that work will happen in their lives. Now, when I do that, people can resist. People can say, no, I don't want it and reject it. Some can leave healed only to say, well, I, I don't know if I'll keep it. Now, doubt's there and the devil says, fine, I'll bring and put sickness back on you since you don't believe you're going to stay this way. Right? So let me show you a progression of faith. We will quickly go through um, the life of Moses delivering the Israelites. Okay? And we're going to do this in the next 15 minutes. In Jesus' name. Are you with me? Okay, so with that, I'm going to give you the homework assignment of actually reading the Scripture. I'm going to give you references, okay? Because I can communicate it uh, quicker if I just tell you uh, in my own terms. But you read the scripture for yourself. And the reality is you should be reading the scripture for yourself. Again, quit being illiterate. Now, I'm not saying you are. But, you know, there's people watching. And there's a lot of illiterate uh, believers out there. Because they're really not reading the scripture for themselves. Nor are they studying the word that they're hearing from ministers themselves. They go and communicate ministers' talking points without ever going to the Scripture themselves. Don't do that, guys. Because, again, if you go and do my talking points, then all, you do, all you're doing is echoing what I'm firmly persuaded in. But when you go study the talking points I give you and they become alive to you, then no longer are you echoing my talking points. You're communicating yours. They're real to you now. It will happen in your life. And God needs the church to rise, us as believers to rise, to rise to maturity, to no longer just be uh, satisfied with when I die, I'm going to heaven, but to actually show up and be children of God in the earth, walking by faith, living by faith, and demonstrating to a lost and dying world that there is a difference with God's children and God's word never fails. Right. Amen. 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 And here's the thing. When you step out in faith, you may fall. Don't worry about it. Get up. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he what? Gets up. I mean, we do not get onto our toddlers when they're first starting out to walk and they fall down and go, I can't believe you. You're a mess. You're terrible. You know what? You can't walk. That's it. You're, you can't walk. I thought you could, but you can't. So don't ever try again because it really doesn't work. 
Aren't you glad your kids didn't go, oh, I, fell, oh, I can't walk, and then they just laid around for the rest of their lives? Son, you can walk. I can't, I cried when I was two. Right? No, you're like, I mean, you got to get your balance. You, you, you're working something that's in you. You're, you're exercising it so that you become more proficient. Because some of you have fallen not too long ago, and you've been walking for a very long time. I mean, anybody trip? Yeah, you know what it's like when you trip, you fall down, you're like. Because it's abnormal for you to fall, right? And you know, if anybody's looking, they're like, ha, 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 right? For, uh, hopefully they're like, did they get hurt? Okay, ha, 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 right? Okay, I understand. But my point is, is that you become proficient at something, and then all of a sudden you trip up. That doesn't mean, oh, I can't walk anymore. Give me a wheelchair. You trip. It's okay. It's still in you to walk. Same thing with faith. You believe God and something in there. You trip up by doubting. You trip up by not confessing what God says and releasing something. You trip up by getting offended with someone and starting to hinder your faith, your faith walk. You trip up by, you know, not walking in forgiveness. There may be some occasions that that happens. Well, get up. Fix those. And let's live by faith. All right. So Moses in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1, you read to verse 10. Basically, here Moses has had his encounter with God. Uh, this is the burning bush experience. And Moses, man, is, is at a place where he's like, okay, um, you know, he sees this event. He moves over. God says, take your sandals off your own holy ground and begins to let him know, I've heard the cries of my people. I'm going to deliver them. Now, at that point, you understand Moses is like, all right, that's great. So then he goes on, he says, you know, and I'm going to deliver them and take them to a place, you know, and I'm going to dispossess some individuals. And he says, now, all right, Moses, get up and go. You go deliver my people. Now, when God was saying he was going to deliver, Moses was fine. But the minute God says, I'm using you to do the work that I'm going to ultimately do, but through you, Moses starts going, hold on, let, wait. Hold on a second. Did you say that you want me to go to Egypt? I mean, I was good up to the point you going to go over there, deliver the people. I was there. I was there 40 years ago. It's a mess, man. It's a mess, Lord. You're right. It's a mess. I tried. I tried. I mean, man, my own brother was fighting with another. And I'm like, hey, guys, don't do it. When an Egyptian tried to get after one, I killed him. I was like, no, I'll be your liberator. But they don't want nothing to do with me, man. I'm saying, I'm glad you're going, Lord. I'm so glad you're going to deliver them. Man, it's about time. I'm glad you're doing it, Lord. Lord, yep, I am. Because I'm sending you back. You didn't do it right 40 years ago. We're going to get it right this time. Hallelujah. And Moses is like, wait a minute. Nah. Now we get into chapter 4. Now, again, I'm paraphrasing. you got to read it for yourself. But all of a sudden, he begins to say, wait a second now. Okay. He gets kind of, you know, now I believe you. But when I go tell them that you sent me, what if they don't believe me? <laughs> he says, what you got in your hand? Well, then he goes through a few exercises where basically he's letting him know. I got you. So here's the thing. The Lord says, listen, I'm going to use you, and then I'm going to show some demonstrations that I'm with you. So you understand, we want the power of God, but the power isn't for you to lay on the floor and flop around like a fish. Now, I'm not saying flopping around like a fish is not God on a person, because when the power of God comes, your natural body has a hard time with the anointing. All you got to do, again, read the Bible. Jesus is in the garden. He's been praying, sweating, so, sweating blood, and he comes out. And they say, are you Jesus? He says, I am. And when he says that, if you read, one of the gospels says that the people in front were blown to the ground. Just at his word. Hit the floor. So again, like, I don't know why these people are falling out. Well, if you got around the anointing of God... Now, you can go to a place where the anointing's not there. But he said, I am. And they hit. I personally believe that he went from the feet out. And they went flat right down on their face. That's what I believe, because he's the king. I said, he's the king. So I, we aren't looking for power so that we are getting energized. 
We are getting the power so we can go demonstrate. But now that requires faith. Now Moses is, 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 is hung up on this a whole lot. Eventually to the point that man, he's like, you, I'm not your guy, ultimately. So here's what we learn in the realm of growing in faith. God will never be angry when you ask questions for clarity's sake, but when you ask questions with the motive to get out of the word spoken, then that makes him angry. Makes him angry. Even in this covenant. Angry. Okay? Exodus chapter 4, verses 13 to 14. You can read it for yourself. He was not well. He was angry. He's like, I'm, your brother's coming. And he'll talk for you then. In essence, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He's not changing his mind. I'm not changing my mind. This is what I'm asking you to do. You're going to do it. And if you don't do it, then you're going to reap the problem of not doing. Because I'm not changing. I'm going to do a great work through your lives. You know, God wants to do a great work through your life. Well, then we understand this. Listen. He leaves, he goes on down into the place, and he begins to tell people what God says. And here's what we learn. Everyone initially, everyone will initially applaud and agree with your faith. So you get around someone that says, God told me this, and God said this. And you know, a lot of times, many will applaud. Many will say, yes, and they did that with him in Exodus chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. But the problem then happened is that when he actually went to Pharaoh and said, God said, let my people go, he had to stand. This is faith, people. He's standing before the, the it's like you going to President Trump and saying, God said, you going to the, uh, the North Korean president and saying, God said, that's better. Because you may think Trump's bad. You go to the dictators of China and North Korea as a non-citizen and go to up into their little place and say, the Lord says, let all of these individuals go to South Korea. What do you think that president's going to do? I mean, you want to get on a train and let's go, a plane and let's go there. I didn't think so. I mean, maybe a couple would be bold enough, but you're going to have to get something in you. Because, you know, Moses knows the minute I go in there, this guy could kill me. In fact, he's been looking for me anyway. I ran because they wanted to put me in prison and kill me for murdering the Egyptian. And you go walk up in there and say, God said, let my people go. That's faith. You, you, see, we read these, but we have no cause of the emotions. You don't think the guy had emotions that he's like, I got to deal with this. Hmm. You don't think the devil is like, you left this place. They wanted to kill you. They are after you. They still got a warrant for your arrest. The minute you walk, he, he probably got this thought before when he was walking back into Egypt. Like, there's a bounty for you. I mean, seriously, when you're in faith, does the devil just say, oh, you got a word from God. I, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. Let me just bow down to you now because you got a word from God. Does the devil do that? No, he's like, that ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. You're crazy. You're crazy. They're going to kill you. You're going to die. So this is the thoughts he's having. I don't have a doubt of that because we have backstory. So there's no way the enemy's not using that. Yet he still says, let my people go. Well, he's like, I don't know you, God. I'm not letting them go get out my face. Then at that point, he begins to persecute his people. So this is what we learn. When you initially say, God said to me, everybody's like, what? But when trouble comes against the word you are believing, they may abandon you and blame you for their troubles and their problems. Honey, I'm believing God. I believe God wants us to move here. Okay, let's do it. And so you move. And all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. We should have never moved. We should have never left. We should have. Honey, you were on board when we were. You're like, let's do something with God. Okay, I'll go over here. <laughs> We've not been in these. I'm gonna, I believe God wants me to take this other job. I believe this is where God wants me to go. Okay, honey, I'm in agreement. Then you go, I hate this job. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Oh, my gosh, this is where. I, I, maybe they'll give me mine back. Why are you trying to go back? Did you have a word or not? God didn't say when he gives you a word, it's going to be easy. In fact, he guarantees you when he gives you a word, somebody's going to try to stop it. You got to go from faith to faith. I said, we got to go from faith to faith. 
so ultimately, you understand, uh, he goes and doesn't abandon the word, even though the nation abandons him. Because here's the thing. God's demonst demonstration of power was intended to break the thinking in the people that cannot do anything but sit and cry out for help. So God knew they were going to be like this. He sends Moses that would stand. And all the demonstrations of power was God trying to say, now listen, you cried out to me, I heard you. But I don't want you being a crybaby anymore. I want you to understand when I, do, when I say something, it happens. I need you to go from quit. Oh, Lord, please do something, Jesus. Lord, Jesus, do something. To, Lord, what did you say? You've been in situations where you didn't know. You, I was just hurting someone. Let me pray for you. I feel better. Well, why did that happen? So that God would demonstrate to you, listen, my word works. Not the next time you hurt and cry like a baby. Again, right now I got a granddaughter in the upper room right now. And you know what? When she needs something to drink, she cries. That's what she, and that's okay because she can't articulate her words. But there will come a time, make no mistake about it, that my daughter will not let her get away with crying. She will be like, you will use your words. I see her talk to VPK kids like that. I do not understand that. You are not a baby. I'm not taking you over into the newborns or the infants. You are going to use your words. Yes, Miss Brianna. Now, what would you like? I need to go to the potty. Okay. Right? But if we don't watch out as believers, we're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Now, when you didn't know nothing about God, I'm glad you're crying out, got you delivered. And God sent somebody that actually heard God's voice and could walk by faith. But the person that comes by to walk by faith is there to demonstrate to you, if you'll believe God is word. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I just don't know if it's God's will. Get in the word. Find out his will. Okay. So we have to continue to progress. When you hear the word of God, don't go around looking for an excuse not to follow. If you do, the world will provide, uh, provide an excuse for you. It will happen. You can read this in uh, Numbers chapter 13, uh, verses 5, uh, 25 to 28. Numbers 13, 25 to 28. And Deuteronomy chapter 1, uh, 26 and 27. In essence, here they've been delivered. They've gotten out. Their enemies defeated. They watch him die in the Red Sea. Here they are in the wilderness. They've been some complainers a little bit. But ultimately, God shows up at the property, the property they're going to possess. And he says, now go in and possess the land. So they said, well, let's spy it out, figure out how it is. And when they get there, because they're still whining like they were when they were in Egypt, Instead of learning that when God says something, it happens. We just saw those miracles. Whatever he says is going to happen. And he said to me, he's going to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. They show up with the actual same testimony God told them. The land is exactly as God said. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. But we saw something that apparently God does not know. There are giants in the land. Now, Jesus didn't say that his promises would be void of a conflict. In fact, Jesus guaranteed you're going to have some. But then he told you how to handle them. Did he, how did he tell you to handle your troubles? Be of good, cry. Cry like a baby. Cry, whine, pitch a fit, fall down on the ground. Cry, whine, pitch a fit. Whine, cry, pitch a fit. I mean a hissy fit. I mean like a full-blown temper tantrum. You about to come unglued and and show yourself in the middle of everybody. And God will say, son, I love you. Let me help you. Is that what he said? He said, no, in this life, you're going to have trials and tribulations. My promises are yes and amen. You're going to have trials and tribulations, but be of good. Why? Because you've already learned in my word, I do what I say. Amen. When you couldn't do it, I send somebody to show you how to do it. Now I expect you to start doing it. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. 
So, a lack of faith will delay God's purpose. But worse than this, you will be in no position to see it when it does. So what happened is, is they basically said, we ain't going in. Can't do it. It's impossible. God can't do what he said. And their lack of faith put them in a position that God says, fine, you won't go. God requires us to live by faith. And that is New Testament. The righteous shall live by faith, which means then you're not, well, whatever God wants to do, it just happened. No, you are to hear what God's saying, believe God at his word, know that his word cannot fail, and arrive to the place in faith that you can take possession of what's already yours in Christ. You are not to cry anymore. You cried out when you were lost. You cry out initially when you're a babe in Christ. But then God brings people by to start instructing you, listen, that you can hear my word. I'm going to take care of you if you'll start acting on it. So eventually you get so strong that you're like, man, whatever God says, I can do this thing. Because if you don't arrive to that, then you'll be in a very difficult place. And if you read this in Numbers chapter 14, verses 26 to uh, 29, I'm going to actually read this one because this is my closing scripture. Uh, and then I'll give you a little uh, God's progression of faith. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who are grumbling against me? I have heard the complaints of the, uh, of the sons of Israel, which they are making against me, saying uh, to them, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, you, just as you have spoken, who spoke? The Israelites. In my hearing, so I will surely do to you. And what were they saying? Your corpses will fall in this wilderness. In essence, if we go, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're just going to die. We're going to die. You brought us out here to die. You brought us out here to kill us. You brought us out here to kill us. We should have stayed in Egypt. Faith to faith. Faith to faith. If we don't watch out, the next faith thing is going to be a stretch for you. Faith to faith. Because when we first, we're like, man, how's that going to happen? Then it happens. You're like, wow. But then God says, here, how's that going to happen? <laughs> well, that's stretching you more. Allowing you to have more confidence in God. You're going from faith to faith. And that next thing of faith is like, and God's already armed you with his word to conquer this new season you're walking in. He's already done it. What you need to do is not abandon the word. Even when the conflict comes, don't abandon the word. So this is what we learn here. God's progression of faith. From faith to faith, number one, God does for us in Egypt through someone. That is faith learned by seeing. In essence, it's when Jesus says, why do you have no faith? They heard, but they didn't act on it. In essence, he showed them. He demonstrated to them. They didn't have to believe. He did the believing. He had it come to pass. And it was for them to realize, listen, what I say happens. And we are not to stay in Egypt where somebody has to show us. God delivers us from Egypt. Okay? Now, you can be born again and still be stuck in Egypt. How do I know this? They came across the Red Sea. They were in the wilderness. They are, by all rights, a delivered nation. They are no longer in bondage. Yet their minds are not renewed to this and they think like they're still stuck in Egypt and long to go back to the place of bondage. And if we don't watch out, we get a word ministered to us that leaves us out of the responsibility to believe. I got to see it first. I believe it when I see it. And crying the whole time while you're in the mess. <laughs> I know he can. I know he can. I know he can. I know he can. And he needs you to believe. The next progression is this. God's, God trains us in the wilderness. That's faith learned by exposure. That means he begins to let you start to practice in it. 
how did he do this? He said, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He begins to train them. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put manna down. You get it for one day, only getting enough for the day, eat it, and then you'll go back the next day. On the uh, sixth day, I'm going to give you a double portion because I just want you to rest on the seventh day and just uh, put yourself in remembrance of how much I love you, how awesome that I am towards you, and how I am there to provide for you. I don't want you doing anything other than reflecting about me. Right? The very first day out, did they believe him at his word? No. They got more than what they should have. The next day, they had leftovers, and it stunk. And God smelled every person's disobedience. Because sin stinks. And then, on the seventh day, people started going out to try to find something that wasn't out there. He's like, what are you doing? See what I'm saying? Now, were they in faith? They were. When, they, when he pulled it out, then they had to go actually pick it up. Because you don't eat it unless you go get it. Lord, I'm starving. Man, it's right there. I'm so hungry. It's right there. I need you to take care of me. There it is. Go pick it up. But what do we want? What are babies? I don't want to get up. Bring the food to me. Right? We're like, Lord, do it for me. The Lord's like, get up. And begin to move forward. We're working together. I'm doing it, but we're participating. Because if you'll be a vessel of participation, we'll move mountains. The last one is this. God's progression of faith, faith to faith. God labors with us in the promised land. Faith learned by fighting. The only fight we do is the fight of faith. We fight the good fight of faith, meaning... It's going to be as my king said. My king said it was going to be this way. There's no other way. I won't accept another thought. I will not take that thought. I'll take that thought captive. You throwing that at me, devil? It ain't going to happen. You saying it can't happen? It won't happen. Joshua showed up and got into the promised land. The Lord says, listen, we're going to take Jericho. It's the most fortified one. It's got the biggest walls. It's got the, uh, the, the most fortified city. I mean, people are in there, and I want you to take this thing. But this is how we're going to do it. You're going to walk around the city once uh, a day and they're going to blow a little trumpet so everybody knows you out there but nobody gets to talk. And you're going to do it for six days. Then on the Sabbath day, I'm going to make you work. Okay. On the Sabbath day, you're going to walk around it seven times. Then blowing your trumpet so everybody knows you're there. Then on the seventh time, we're going to do a very long blast. And then I, when you give the I want everybody to shout. And when the shout comes, the wall comes. Do you know what God let them see for six days? My gosh, look how thick that wall is. He didn't even let them talk. He just let it go. Go ahead, look at that. There's chariots up on the wall. Man, they are racing chariots on the wall. Son, what in the world? Oh, they thinking. You think the devil's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? No, he's like, see, Jericho's not throwing any, shooting any uh, arrows, but the devil is the whole time. You ain't going to get in here. You can't get in here. It's impossible. Man, your parents couldn't get, they died out there. You understand your parents didn't make it. You ain't going to make it either. This is why they didn't want to come. This is why they told Joshua and Caleb that they were idiots. This is why they told Moses that this is a stupid idea. This is why they wanted to go back to Egypt. Don't you understand that this stuff don't work, son? I mean, just because you got some bread all over the place down there, you know, up in your little bitty wilderness. I mean, this is the real deal right here. This is a fortified city. My gosh, man, we got chariots. We got swords. We going to kill. Who have you fought a fight with? When did you go to war? When have you been in battle? When have you conquered something? Ain't none of them going to war. See, it just, faith gets real, see. See, we read and we're like, wow, they are dealing with the same thought lives you are when you're going around cancer. You're going around your debt. You're going around, you know, your marriage. You're going around, you know, your job. You're going around your chill, whatever it is. Your addiction, your piles of pornography. Whatever it may be, you going around. It looks like it's a giant. Looks like you can't do it. And he made them look at that for six days, study it. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'm con- I'm convinced that maybe I on Alf Joshua's like, we got this thing. Caleb was going through. Listen, we got this. Don't you worry about the way it looks. Don't you understand? Listen, I know. I was here. I've been over here. We got this thing. We're gonna whip this thing, because we ain't got nobody else gonna give another report other than what Joshua and I are gonna say. You're gonna take this thing. We're gonna go and smoke this place. I'm telling you, we're gonna do this thing another day. You wait till the seventh day. My gosh, it's gonna be awesome. I've been waiting 40 years for this event. You're gonna get up, you're gonna do this. I just have to believe there was some rallying happening off. And here's the day. I said, here's the day. We going from faith to faith. Now, I'm not. He didn't drop a wall and they went in. Everybody's dead. The walls didn't fall in on everybody. The walls came down and they went up and they actually pulled a literal sword and they looked at someone in their face and said, mm, got to go to the next. Now you're dealing with that. But it ain't like they're like, kill me, please. No, when they came in with their sword, they were like, you are not take." I mean, they fought. But who had the word of the Lord? said, who had the word of the Lord? They did. God says, I've given you the land. Now you go in and take possession. And a lot of times we're laying down our sword, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. The devil is going to come at you with what he has. And you're like, oh yeah, you ain't got nothing. Uh, Killed you. Let's go to the next one. Because now you're like, I don't need God to bring it out here to me. I'll go take what's mine. Yeah, I'll cut your head off, cut your head off, I'll cut you, I'll slay you, I'll do this, I'll do that, because God has given me the land. God has given me this promise. You are not going to come in cancer, I'll cut you here, I'll cut you there. You in the stomach, I'll kill you out of the stomach. You down in the liver, I'll cut you out of the liver. Amen. Debt, you showing up, that's fine. I'll give in that offering, and I'll give in this offering, and I'll sow here, and I'll sow there. You fight the good fight of faith. You can't give nothing. You can't give nothing. The Bible says give and give and it shall be given to you. I can't help but to give. If I'm ever going to get out, I got to get in faith. Do this thing. When we do this, we overcome. My gosh, man, listen. It is the promised land that God grants us access to the promises that already exist. All we have to do is go take possession. And we take it by faith. I said we take it by faith. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. We thank you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're so awesome.